record, but I just wanted you to keep talking crazy so I could record it. Uh, well, we know, I know better now. We I know better than that. Through. I'm paying attention, sir. <laughs> it's, a, it's a trap again. It you guys is ready trap. for you guys ready for a podcast? So this is going to be a little different episode. Oh boy! Yes. Well, what kind? I mean, why? Why is it different? Yeah. Well, you know more. what? I do. I get a lot of emails. People wanted me to talk about USPSA stuff. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think about this? What do you think about that? For those interested, they'll enjoy this podcast. Other ones, I mean, <laughs> might want to hit the eject button now. Or I mean, or maybe not. I might I might talk slightly crazy on this one and say offensive shit. I don't know. Like we'll see how out of control it gets. But I get I get this a lot. I get a lot of questions about this stuff. So I think I should take the time to answer them. And uh, you know. Very generous of you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <Serge. laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. All right, first, I'll start off with uh, how I think USPSA ought to be run, like for whose benefit. And I would say the uh, the group, the core group, a few thousand people of guys who are serious about shooting, the match directors, the people who show up all the time, the people who travel a little bit for matches. I think it's a few thousand. Is that fair? It's a few thousand people. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, you say, yeah. The, same, you say the same handful of people when you go across the country. Yep. Right. That's it is. It's true. I mean, I think those people ought to be the ones basically running the show um, and it should be running their interest. And this would be like so I'm not talking about top shooters. They kind of have their own. That's a click that has their own uh, their own point of view on things that doesn't line up with uh, with ours, I would say. So things like top shooters generally, they like loose officiating. They like having lots of different divisions. Like the more, the better. As far as they're, I mean, what do you mean, a, Ben? Tell me more. As a group, that's that's <laughs> what I've seen over the years. Like, if there's any any time there's a new division getting proposed, there will be like a bunch of top shooters who will be like, yes, just just to get another shot at a title. I don't begrudge them that. It's just it's just a thing that happens. They just so so you would say this is the guys that are out. Winning area matches or winning nationals, right? Yeah, like the as soon as the especially once they're like making a living off this, I think it does. It change changes people's points of view. Most of them. Okay. So I mean, this is not not is that consistent who, with what you've seen? That it changes their point of view. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's. I'm not gonna go as crazy as you are, probably, but. I'm not going crazy. I'm just no. saying they got a different point of view. Yeah, they definitely which, have a different point of view. I mean, we didn't talk about this a whole lot, but I'll tell the story now because it's it is story time. Um, remember back when Foley wanted to split us up with IPSC? That was right after he got elected, right? Right after he got elected, right. yes. It, when he uh, he thought we could grow more away from IPSC, we could right, like yes. grow and other. Yeah, that was his whole thing. A little bit of USPSA imperialism is what it was. Really, but, but when he when he wanted to split us off from IPSA, it was interesting that another like they cut this deal. I'm, I don't know who all was involved. I mean, I have a few names, but the deal had been cut that we would do the 2017 World Shoot in France as like the US USPSA region, and then after that, boom, we would split. Okay. Did you hear about this, Matt? I have not heard about this. This is all totally new to me. See, I don't talk about this stuff a lot. Maybe I should. So um, there was one guy who was going to be running IPSC and then Foley would be running USPSA. And like all the parties had agreed, all of the uh, the top shooters that they cared to talk to had agreed to this. 
So basically, on both was, sides, USPSA and IPSC shooters. Uh, not IPSC shooters, but like the IPSC management. I think it signed okay, off on yeah. this. So I thought Vince was cool with this. Vince? I think so. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I don't know that, but. <laughs> All right. This is how it was explained to me that this was a go thing. And I pushed back on it hard. And I remember the comment being made to me. You're the only top shooter that's against this. The only one. So, but there are top shooters, not just from the U.S. that were okay with it, right? No, none of them were asked. So it wasn't there. They only asked the U.S. shooters. Yeah. Okay. This was All how right. it was explained to me. And okay. I believe them. Like I took these, these were the first party people. Right. Understood. So what that's highlighting there is like the, Top shooters, in order to guarantee, remember it was fuzzy if we'd even get to go to World Shoot? Right. So yeah. it would guarantee them a trip, but then it would kind of burn the bridge. After. And they don't have to worry about it in three years. And this is four years, which might be five years. It might be forever. Who knows? <laughs> might be um, forever. Yes, it could be we'll for the rest of your world life. Shoots now. We'll be waiting. But anyway, that incident really showed me, I'm like, wow, top shooters have fundamentally different interests in a lot of respects. You see what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. As as a group. That that was the biggest thing about leaving Ipsic was what about World Shoot 2017? Like, are we gonna get there and they're gonna be like, yeah. you guys are no longer a region. You're gonna get all arrested now because you don't have like you remember things to the match. Well, it was just like making that bullshit up to say to people. <laughs> like, I, and that's I, a guy I who heard I that. I heard that like people yeah. were worried about getting arrested like when they landed in France because we weren't wouldn't have invites to the match. These are people who've never left the country with a gun. Oh. That's who that was coming from. Because <laughs> uh, that shit was crazy talk. Yeah. All right. So there's a, a couple other groups I want to point out that they kind of matter in this story. Uh, USPSA establishment, they quite clearly kind of run things for their own benefit, in my estimation. Like I said, imperialists, like just grow the thing for the sake of growing it in order to collect more money. Um, the professional ROs, I think, are their own clique, which I don't think should be running the show either. But we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> Have no doubt. <laughs> and then the uh, like the large number of like people who shoot more casually, who show up occasionally, yeah. and they don't really travel, they just go to like one club. I don't yeah. really think we should worry. You know, we should not discourage that, but you know, I don't really think those people should be. I think that's just different levels people. that you're going to see in anything, though, right? You're going to have the guys huh? that go out and shoot like three matches a year at their local club if it's nice weather, if it's on a yes. convenient day, if it's not too hot, not too cold. Absolutely. There's just people that are more casual. Yeah. And all I'm saying 100%. is we shouldn't necessarily cater to that, to those interests. I would pretty much agree with that statement. Yes. Right. But not everyone would. And that's, that's certainly. True. And I think it'd be fair to say that's not really how USPSA, like especially at the board level, they don't really act like they believe that. What say that? Like when you say like, hey, yeah, I'm not too worried about those people or whatever. That's not how the management doesn't act that way. No, they actually care about them. I think. They, they care they about that. They, group, they care about that group the most. Believe them. Yes. Like they, yeah. Yeah. That pays. So. Them. Like, for example, if you have a, like a, a, a nice gun that you uh, carry around every day or you use on duty and it has a flashlight on it or whatever, the thought that you might have to take the flashlight off and buy a new holster and that might prevent you from shooting a match, for example, that would be a grave concern to USPSA. 
I'm sure the numbers are going to prove us all wrong when we we think about that, though, because we're going to have so many more shooters. Now. Prove us well. Prove us wrong in what way? That all these people that said they weren't going to come out shoot because they couldn't use a flashlight on their gun, or they had to shoot an open division, like that's. I'm I'm sure I'm sure the it will not really measurably affect. I'm uh, sure you won't trends. even be able to tell the difference. No, but like they think they're serving those people, you know. Right. All right. So I guess this speaks to probably my main criticism that USPSA establishment kind of exists for for its own interests at this point, And they do not give a fuck about making matches better. Like that's one thing we've like watching them work for the last like five years as a group. I'm like, there's no, there's no thought given to. So what like, are they thinking matches about? Better. What are they What's thinking it? about? More, just more attendance, more people. Keep them happy and make it easy to enforce rules. And that that means what? Loosening up, well, like loosening up division rules, making, I mean, the rules uh, have gotten to the point where they're damn near anti-competitive at this point. But that's in service of making the matches easier, to, you know, administratively. At least that's what they think they're doing. Yeah. Um, so if I say anti-competitive rule, that maybe sounds crazy, right? It seems like it's an opposite. Yeah, it sounds crazy. But um, remember that um, I ran a follow of a plate rule last year. It was just like, this is just one example. The, uh, the rule, a plate that has been hit more than once and falls or overturns before a range officer can stop the competitor will be scored as a hit and there will be no reshoot issued. Right. Like I look at that rule and that actually moves into the territory of being anti-competitive. It actually punishes the faster shooters. Right. Because the ROs can't call like a stop or something if it doesn't fall over. Right. Why it would matter if they call it stop before the guy shoots it again, I don't really know. But this is how they think. I mean, this is what this is, is the rule book answer to like what's going to enable the range officer just to stand there and do nothing. Like, okay. Yeah, well, they just don't ever have like to that. say anything. Right. And so, so you're getting a little animated now, Matt, because you're saying, yes, this is the attitude for sure. Right. Of There you go. So you've answered your own <laughs> question. <laughs> that was easy. No, but I, like, yeah, that, that's what they care about is making it easier on that level. Just keep people from bitching, you know, yeah. or, or however well, they talk. Does it keep people from bitching? Because like, if it happens, like they're going to bitch more, but they're like, well, like you should have told me to stop before I shot it again because it didn't fall. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not a well-crafted rule in any sense, but these are, you know, these are our highly paid professionals. So maybe we should, maybe we should do a better job of giving them bylaws. (laughs) Yeah. We should do a better job of giving them feedback. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> it's always our fault in the end. Yes, 100% um, is our fault. Yeah, so anyway, my, my main criticism and most of the reforms I'll propose have to do with that. This fundamental, like the interests have diverged. This is about like kind of like Foley and the buddies keeping their jobs and making more money. And they can justify that by, you know, increasing hey if we we've increased participation therefore we're doing a good job like that's what they care about they do not care about making the matches better Which period participation equals money due to the activity fees that people pay per shooter per match right yes yep yeah i mean 
the interests have diverged. It's that simple. And I think another uh, another part of the issue is NROI. Now, I think it would be fair to say, I mean, we I talked about it previously, and this got this got a got me a few ha- nice happy emails. Uh, I I mean, I had some comments about NROI. But I'll say it like this. All of them kind of think the same way on pretty much everything that matters. It is a very cliquish, like it is a boys club and they all basically have the same opinion on pretty much everything. Is this fair to say? So you're talking about, so you're talking about the range, range ma- like the range master instructors. Yeah. Okay. Like, all right. Like the, the, the top, top dudes. Well, I think they have a conference where they go in and talk about all the stuff so they can get on the same page because they're yes. not all going to be at the same spots, and they, I mean, you I, should have somebody in the Northeast rule the same as somebody in the Southwest, right? I entirely agree. They're all on the same page, but we don't see a whole lot of new and interesting ideas coming in there. They haven't figured out how they how we'd handle video. Like They can't fig- figure that out yet in 2021, that we can't have uh, video to overturn calls. Um, it's actually... Like, gotten worse since the current administration is in there because like they what huh yeah oh they took it out of even looking at it before right because they work in the service of making the matches easier to administer they don't care about i mean the calls being correct is incidental as you've seen um no i'm what i'm saying is it's a club everybody it's 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 a click it's one group it's a thirty thousand member organization there shouldn't be Something that important shouldn't be run by a click. There should be different people in there with different opinions. It shouldn't be like that. It should be it should be able to evolve and change uh, over time, and sort of somewhat be in our control. What right? change would you suggest to accomplish that, Ben? Well, we'll get or to. Should that. I should I not have asked? I no, no, I have, no, I have the, I have some changes. Like, oh, but okay. That's later, right? Or, All right, never mind. That? Is that later on where we're talking about yeah, yeah, like how to, to the reform? That I'll propose. <laughs> oh, okay. How to but, reform I mean, the world. I, I just want to paint it like I think that's a problem, and anybody honest would would be like, yeah, it's definitely. Even if you don't think it's a bad, I'm not saying it's a bad club, but it's it is a club, and it should not be. It shouldn't. It just shouldn't be run that way. But anyway, um, and then the board. We've just seen the board as a group. Like it's interesting. You can see over time what people really think when you see what they're willing to fight for, or you see what really causes divisions on the board. So think about the big conflicts we've had that the boards got in on in the last few years. What have they been? Uh, So I think cheating's one of them. Right. So where they were at with that is they had what uh, the the big, uh, the Ryan Flowers thing. And then previous to that, the Tony Cowden thing. Yeah. So what I, I would say the board's attitude on cheating is that it's a PR problem and not like a something they need to do something about problem. Does that make sense? They're more worried about our like reaction to it. You know, we're getting blowback from us if they don't take action rather than does that make sense to you? Do you think they are? I I actually think it's a some something else. What do you think? So I think if you go in there with a lawyer and you say you're going to sue them if they ban you from the org, they're not going to ban you. Or if you don't have the means to go in Let there me ask and you have this, a... Matt, if, if you were sure the guy needed to get smoked, would him bringing a lawyer stop you? 
It should not, no. No, well, there you go. So it's but like it I said, stopped. it 100% has stopped them. In that's, the that's a theory. We don't know that, but oh. it does, like, to my point, it's what they're willing to fight for and how hard they're willing to fight. And the, the end of the day, they couldn't, like when it came time to smoke Tony, they couldn't get it done. And on top of that, there's been lots of like low profile stuff. For example, the practice score data leak, which, which the full administration got, they didn't do anything with. So if nobody's breathing down their neck, they're not going to do shit about cheating. It is a PR what issue for them. Practice score data leak. Uh, well, I'm just saying if somebody scraped, pra pr scraped practice score data and came up with a list of, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, an archive list of like how many people were editing. Yeah. And like, let's say if there were more than a dozen people higher up on that list in terms of number of edits than Tony Cowden. <laughs> If you cared about people cheating and you came into possession with, of that data, you would do something about it. That does sound like the smart way to do that and handle that. Yeah. Well, nothing happened. So here we are. Nothing. <laughs> so when you say what practice score data leak, I'm like, to my point. Yeah, because I, I know they got that stuff. So there were people above him because he had so many yeah, like. It's a dude. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. Really? Yeah. They did nothing with it, though. Okay. Yeah, so file that one away. If they if they try to tell you they care about cheating, you say, yeah, okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Joel. I am sorry. So anyway, yeah. we've seen Audio a fight about that. Joel is still here. There was Just a little bit know. of fighting. Like, they've had public dust-ups over the banning of the Benz incident. Remember that? I do remember there that. There was some board level conflict about that, but again, that's just a PR problem. I mean, when it when it comes down to it, the board doesn't I'm not really sure they're willing to fight for anything. They don't like I don't know what they believe in. You know what I mean? Like I I'm just not like, aside from like you see what they put in front side, it's like grow the thing for its own sake, just have more people, like whatever. It seems like it all it always comes down to like their their all their decisions and all their actions are based off getting more income from either activity fees or the yes the I don't know what else yes it does seem to be driven an awful lot by money yes it's weird and more participation like if you think every like every decision they've made have is kind of like circled back to that right. I yeah I don't I don't see any other reason for them to do stuff today and it's gotten to the point where I mean they were genuinely surprised how much pushback they got with the last rules change and instead of explaining it which they should have done in the first place there was I mean they were sort of nasty I think I did see some current US PSA executives <laughs> go at it with members maybe not as professional as they should have been yes. Well, yeah, it's it's silly to get yourself into a posi uh, position where you have to mix it up uh, that much. Anyway, so let's get to some proposed fixes. All right. So I think term limit term limits for the president and the board are a positive thing. So okay. just the idea that like after like two terms, like you leave, like I think that would potentially change people's behavior a little bit. Hopefully for the better, and it would at least keep people cycling through there because I, I have to think at this point that there are certain sort of commonly held points of view that 
just are not getting expressed at board meetings because they seem so caught off guard by certain questions that they get. That's just my. So that's two my terms and then one off and then you could do it again or two and two. I, I would say two and done, but yeah, whatever. Okay. I don't think it really matters. Having some limit would be cool. It would just okay. cut down on the. That would be a good thing just in any organization for uh, dealing with complacency. Not that that necessarily would be an issue here where we're at, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, my my gun club, there's people that have probably been on that board. I don't know. It seems like as long as I've been alive and uh, they're they're not always uh, they don't always have new ideas. So, yeah, you don't always have new ideas. Joel, you are such a nice guy. So anyway, <laughs> they do not have. Yes, uh, having a variety. Furthermore, I think NROI that should uh, DNROI should be an elected position. That would be very interesting. I mean, I don't see why it shouldn't be because they have almost a more of an impact than an area director. Honestly, yeah, it turns out it matters a lot, as we've seen over the last five years. So, like, that'd be the best way to basically bust up that cabal. Would be. You know, make it make it an elected position. So, I mean, and it'd be tough to. Uh, I I think that's a pretty tough one to argue against, honestly. I, I think that'd be good. Uh, it'd be a national election, like the president, mm -hmm. then, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I with that person, so currently. DNROI reports to the president. At that point, would DNROI report to the board? You know, that's a good question. I'm not sure that the relationship would have to change, but maybe it would. Like, report to the, the board then instead? I don't know. I think it maybe having that separation in it would make more sense, especially if you're in an elected position. Yeah. Because right now, it's... It's it could be perceived as a touchy subject like your Matt, perf something what? tells me a lot of this would be perceived as a touchy subject <laughs> in certain circles. You think? I do. Well, I just do. think your boss is the president and if you don't like do kind of what he says, like he's in charge of your performance reviews, your pay and all that, right? Right. And you might run into a situation where they have opposite um, leanings. Like, let's say we had a different president and wanted and one that wanted uh, Troy to enforce certain rules, right. such as a limit on, hey, you have to manufacture the minimum number of guns before you start selling them pr to production uh, division. Like, I don't care, you know, about I mean, like if you used an aftermarket part on your gun and got bumped to open and like. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what division that is now, but <laughs> right there would be There's that. None. Well, most people wouldn't even be familiar. I mean, what is how does DNROI get determined now, and how is that how is that petition position determined, and how long does that person stay in that position? I think it's a hired position by the president. Yeah, they hire him. Yeah. Okay, and like which honestly give, it gives the meeting. president too much power. I think, frankly. As so the, seen. yeah, the, the board meeting minutes and like executive sessions happen in February or whatever. Like everybody gets pulled out of the first one and then like 
assuming they're talking about the president at that point with the board of directors. And then like president is pulled into all the other ones after that. And they talk about all the people underneath him. So with the president in there, so it's pretty safe to assume that the president like has those people working for him, not the board. And again, that's another, like, if you look at how things are structured now and you looked at the headquarters and like, Oh, that's, that's a boys club or that's a cabal. I'd be like, yeah, it looks like it, you know? Uh, anyway, I think uh, steel should have its own board. I've mentioned this before and I've thought about it and I think it's a good idea. Steel challenge. Yeah. It should have its own board. So this, that's and the reason thing. the reason it should be a different board is it's like somebody like me, I look at steel challenge and I'm like, Hey, uh, if we had USPSA with the same stages every time, um very little movement um no more scoring rings on the targets and no more hit factor scoring uh, just time plus uh if we had that i wouldn't be all that interested because that's taking away a lot of things that i like but you also kind of end up with steel challenge so like i don't see how somebody who thinks the way i think would have any business being on a steel challenge board so it's it- I do know this is a problem because Steel Challenge is owned by USPSA, which is nonprofit. Mm-hmm. But Steel Challenge Shooting Association is a for-profit entity, so I'm not sure they can actually set up the board and all that. So they would have there would have to be some other changes before that happens. I'm sure they could figure it out. The point is there should be an elected group of people setting the rules for that. I think that makes and sense. People who share an interest with steel shooters. And are elected from among them, you know. So that brings up a bigger point. How would that look then in the organization? What do you mean? So you have USPSA area directors uh-huh. that represent USPSA and Steel Challenge. You have an elected president, and then you have a- well, you could you could just move the steel over to this board that's also under the president. Okay. Something like they, they, they should have the ability to influence some sort of change for the better. Be interesting. Yeah. It would be good for them. Uh, I think the rule book should be printed by rule again, just well, to, so too. just to discourage the endless tinkering. And this last one, I'm, uh, I hope this one's sensitive. They should have uh, some sort of an ethics policy for USPSA employees that precludes them from taking free shit and using it in matches. It's going on now. It shouldn't be. It's a bad look. They should put a stop to it. So what do you mean by that? Like if federal were to, for example, for example, give specific USPSA people a bunch of ammo for them to use, they they should have a rule that says, no, no, bro, we can't take that because it's a bad look. Now, is that because they're sponsoring the organization? And matches and I don't, stuff? I or? don't care how it's justified. It shouldn't be going on. It's a bad look. That's my view of it, anyway. Yeah, or like a gun for review is like, Ben, I want you to review this stock, too, or something, if you want to. You write your review, and then afterwards you send it back to me. Like, you could borrow it, so to speak. Yeah. Well, so those are some changes about... What do you, what do you think? Any feedback, guys? Give me your worst. Joel, say horrible things to me. Something. I do say horrible things to you, just not when you're recording. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> so that wasn't that bad. 
It wasn't that bad, was it? It yeah. sounded pretty reasonable when you heard it. Yeah, it was fine. I just like attacked everyone and like went after some people's jobs and shit. But you know, it's pretty low key, right? I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> I know. That's why I like you, Matt. That's why we're friends. Let's take a question. You guys ready? Yeah. Do it. When shooting out of a position, can the crew speak about what are the pros versus the cons of raising a foot out versus leaning out of position and how it relates to the stance you take coming into the position, into the position. Yeah. So he's talking about basically a cross step or like picking up your lead foot, right? Yeah. Or like I tell people like lean, lean out or like roll their shoulders out. If, if they're shooting sometimes oh, you might so be, without might be moving your that. feet. Yeah. Okay. It's going to so, depend on shot difficulty, right? I would think so. Yeah. I would only be the cross stepping and picking up a foot on the way out if the target's close and I needed to pick up a lot of speed, you know, like just give it the lean out without picking up your feet. That seems better for, uh, you know, higher difficulty or higher risk stuff. It also has to deal with, also has to deal with where the target is in relation to where you're going also. Right. So like if you're crossing your body to shoot it, like, and moving the opposite direction, like leaning out is going to be pretty tough, and the cross step is probably going to be tougher, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like if you're moving that. to the right, and the target, like you finish up, and the target is like to your left, right? Then, like, then you'd have to do that backward step, so your left foot would step behind you if the target's close enough to permit you to do that. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. I think it just comes down to shot difficulty. So, Joel, did you have something to say? Yeah, well, I've been awfully quiet, so I'll uh, I'll try to talk about it's this. It's been bullshit. No, talk about the USPSA stuff. I got nothing. So there's this <laughs> drill. Uh, personal attacking people. This drill uh, bar hop that's kind of, uh, I think, relevant to what he's talking about. So basically, you stand. There's uh, two targets, a stick on the ground. It sounds very boring. You stand on one side of the stick. You shoot two targets. You move to the other side of the stick, and you shoot two targets. Pretty boring. How does this apply to a stage? Well, let me tell you more. Um, so doing the cross, like like what you guys are saying, it all depends, and target difficulty matters a lot. Doing the cross step, uh, I think about using that more uh, for maybe like like what Ben was saying, kind of leaning, where I kind of just roll my shoulders to leave a position, and maybe I would be shooting another easy target uh, once I had left that position. So, like in the example of bar hop, I shoot two targets, I kind of roll my shoulders, I kind of just flow over to the side of the stick, and I shoot more targets. Uh, picking up your foot and stepping wide would make a lot of sense if you had a hard target you're getting ready to shoot. So, like, I can think of a stage at the Iowa section, maybe last year, the year before, where, like, you're kind of set up, you shoot, you step wide, there's this mini popper that's going to start an activation sequence, it's at, I don't know, maybe, like, 15, 18 yards. So, it's not something I'm just going to, like, roll through and fire a hoper at. So... I kind of like step wide, I set up, and then I, you know, like took a, a, a well-aimed shot at that. Because by doing that wide step, I think it's easier to set up for, uh, you know, like a hard shot. If you were leaving the position and not with the intent of like leaning around a, a wall or a barricade or shooting something really close and just getting out of there, then I think it would all depend on how difficult the target is that you're leaving on. Whether uh, maybe you just roll your shoulders just a little bit to kind of like move your momentum a little bit and just starting to leave while you're hammering that target. And maybe it's something really, really easy and close. Then you're just like, you know what training group people would be like confirmation one where you kind of just 
like use the outline of the gun, smash that target, and get out of there. So, as with everything, it depends. Fuck. Man, Joel, did you have that in the hopper? I didn't even feed you the question ahead of time. No, I was just... Jesus Christ. I, I like that drill a lot. It's quite good. Well, like and to plug uh, training group, that was our drill of the month. What, last month? Yeah. So we, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we did that a lot. So it was, fun, it was fun to work on that in practice and, you know, talk well, about on, all that. Crap. On that note, it is time to end. It was a wonderful, a bang-up podcast as usual. You know, so thank you, gentlemen, for joining uh -huh. me. Yeah. Okay.